Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dean. So here we are again, recording <laughs> the same episode all over again, but that's quite all right. Yeah. Next time, uh, or this time we have both microphones on, so that's... we have a conversation between us instead of yes. you talking to yourself like a crazy person. So it sounded really weird just hearing myself. <laughs> it did. So um, we are going to talk a little bit about um, a party that you just went to and a party that we're getting ready to go to that have kind of the same theme. Mm-hmm. Kind of a mixing and blending of two different things that we've talked about on the podcast. Yep, you know? we have. So, And we are going to talk a little sacred sexuality mm-hmm. as we have something about that coming up fairly soon. And we got a little bit of event promotion of two events that uh, one of them, first time announced ever. Yes. One of them, um, we're not going to be able to say the actual name of the event. Okay. It's too confusing. Oh, You'll yeah. see when we get there. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I can try, but... <laughs> we have two questions of the day. One that we have an answer to. Okay. And one that we don't. One that we don't. <laughs> and we have a sit-down chat with a couple guys here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. We put out a message, hey, any queers in town? And they said, well, yes, we are. <laughs> and then we told them, we just want to interview them. And they said, okay. All right. No problem. <laughs> and then we gave a, um, a blind guy some porn. Yes, we did. <laughs> which, that makes more sense later, I think. Let's start off by talking about a party you just went over, you just went to last Saturday. Mm-hmm, up in Cleveland. So um, actually, I, I have free nights every now and then, and I had one on Saturday, and I put the call out and said, hey, what the hell's going on in Ohio? Because I'm not finding anything, and that's very unusual. Mm-hmm. And um, had some people invite me to a burlesque show, and some people invite me down to Louisville, and some people invite me, you know, different places. But I ended up going... I, I I wanted to be caned, so <laughs> and and some of those places I couldn't do that, and some were too far of a drive. A so. caning might have broke out at the burlesque burlesque show, maybe, but, but not I as likely. Doubt, though, yeah, <laughs> at least so, where I was going, it was more of a possibility. <laughs> so you went to the Neo crossover party. I did the Northeast Ohio crossover party. And why is it called a crossover party? Because they combine BDSM with swinging. And it's and it's really um, it is really a combination of BDSMers and swingers. Now we've had we've certainly talked a lot about BDSM on the show, mm-hmm. and we've had a couple swinger episodes as well. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me whenever we talk about that, they don't seem to mix. But in this party, right, right. So at this party, they, they mixed very well. So um, for the most part, um, everybody still has to learn protocol of each side. You know right. when you blend in like that. So. Um, you know, there was a little um, sharing of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a very, and I've been wanting to get up to this party for a while, and it was very interesting. I know the people that put it together, and I know the people that own the dungeon, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, it was, just, it was just really great. So I get there, and um, it, one of the things that was different was that everybody was sitting in a circle in the social room. Mm-hmm. And um, there wasn't much talking in the dungeon. 
because there is a huge social room at this area. Always nice. Always nice. So I get there. There's already a circle put together, and people were introducing themselves, who they were with, what they were interested in, if they were interested in playing with anybody else. Because some people said, you know what? I brought two people with me. We're getting our groove on. We're not interested in playing with anybody else tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there were some people that are like, you know what? I'm a slut. I'm here alone. This is what I'm interested in. And it was just a really cool way to like get to know people right off the bat. And were there some people named Dawn? Yes. <laughs> so I said, my name is Dawn and I'm here to play. And that's all I said. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, that's a local event, so they didn't let you get away with it. No, they didn't. And did you get your caning in? I did. And, and, it, and it wasn't a caning caning. I, I actually I found somebody I wanted to play with, and it was a she, and I just really liked her energy. And everybody else was busy. <laughs> everybody was getting their thing going. So, um, but I really liked her. So well, tell us a little about the scene. Okay. Well, I, I negotiated with her and she's like, what do you like? You know what? I do have a question of the day for other people. Okay, what ahead. the hell is the difference between thuddy and stingy? Because what, uh, cause she asked me what I wanted. And I said, well, I like thuddy. I don't really like stingy. Uh-huh. And she goes, oh, well, I like spanking. I'm like, well, so do I. To me, that's thuddy. She's like, well, I like paddles. I'm like, well, so do I. To me, that's thuddy. She's like, well, I like using these chopsticks. See, I didn't really get caned. I got chopsticked (laughs) with lovely bruises. And I said, but I like that too. She goes, well, I consider that stingy. And I'm like, "Mm, I guess I do too. So, but I wasn't in the mood to get flogged, which is what some people also consider thuddy. And so, you know, if, if you guys have an answer as to what you think Stingy and Thuddy is, I would love to know because it'll help me out in my next negotiations. Because I had a guy ask me, too, what are you into, Thuddy or Stingy? I said, Thuddy. He goes, well, I only like Stingy, so no need to negotiate further. And, um, yeah, I went in there and got a table, and she started out with me on my belly, on my mm-hmm. little fuzzy blanket, and, and spanked me and warmed me up and punched my ass and paddled me with Lexan and then flipped me over and worked on my breast. See the bruises? <laughs> if you're speaking to me, yes. If you're speaking to our podcast listeners, no. Look, they don't see nice. Yes, they are. Now, um, that kind of party, and then we have another kind of party, like which has that same, which feels like it's going to have that same kind of mix, mm-hmm. that BDSM swinger Let's get together and have fun sort of mix. Now, um, what, and I don't mention this one, but what are some of the, like one or two of the, your favorite titles for events? Oh, and don't mention this one? Yeah. I love Beat Me in St. Louis. That's a great one. And their counter part. Uh-huh. The Spanksgiving. Spanksgiving. Another love great it. One. Um, Kinko de Mayo is one of my favorites. Kinko de Mayo. You know, I still like, like Kinky College. You know, there's just just play on words that I really like. Yeah, so, uh, winter wickedness, you uh-huh. know. thunder in the mountains. Yes. <laughs> um, so a bunch of neat sounding events. Mm-hmm. But the one we're going to, it mm-hmm. may rank up there at least as one of the most fun to say events. I think so. And that is? Cocktoberfest. <laughs> yes. So next Saturday, October 9th, we'll be going to Cocktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And that is um, in Ohio, kind mm-hmm. of in that... Central Ohio, yeah, near Cincinnati, yeah, yeah. Uh, And that is also, my understanding, is kind of a mix of 
that's yeah that's what she tells me it's a mix of the sensual side of bdsm Mm -hmm. so there's a room set up for wax play and fire play and light flogging and light bondage so more of the light scale of things but it's also very swinger friendly yeah my my understanding is that um, the the theme for this is to bring your cock, uh-huh. whether it's attached twenty four seven or uh-huh. just something you take on or take off on occasion. <laughs> you know, my strap one's still a virgin. I know, I know. We have to fix that. <laughs> yes, so maybe I should bring it. <laughs> so we can't talk too much more about Cocktoberfest until we get until next week. Next right. show, we'll, we'll tell you what it was like. We're going to take one of our. Mm-hmm. Uh, sex card is fun games. card games with yeah. us and play a game with some people. That'll be fun. Uh huh. Um, but I, I now you and I many many years ago started a group called the Leather Swing. Yes, and that was the same idea to have mm-hmm. people that were swinger friendly and BDSM friendly a shared place that they could all hang out. Yes. So that was a lot of fun. And then we realized everybody that was showing up for the meetings, we were already friends with and doing this stuff with. So there was no yeah. reason to run an official group. <laughs> so it's not that foreign an idea, right? Um, now, we've talked before. Alcohol, of course, is a big one that we talk about. That we don't, uh, that alcohol has less of a place in most BDSM environments than it does in a swing environment. Right, right. So when you combine the two, you know, that's one of those things that you have to look at, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're going to have it or not. And we've been to, uh, and I recall at least, and this has got nothing to do with swinger parties or BDSM parties. Mm-hmm. We've been to a swinger party where um, the partying was beyond acceptable for us. Right, right. So, and because it's beyond acceptable for us, we had to leave. Yeah. There, there comes a point where, um, just because I don't drink, I understand people do drink mm-hmm. to have fun. I got no problem with that. It's right. when you get stupid about it. That you start to thinking, okay, things I don't want my kids to read in the newspaper. <laughs> right? I'm okay with them. Uh, you know what? It, it'll be kind of weird, but I'd be okay with them hearing about us, you know, being called at a swinger party. Right. <laughs> Consensual sex going on. You know, like I said, weird. And I'd have some questions to answer. But. But uh, that, to legit. me, <laughs> it's a little more acceptable than some kind of stupid drunken debauch, you know, some kind of a right. drunken fuel right. sort of thing. I mean, we set examples for them and they know we're sex positive, but they also know that we don't drink. Yeah. For certain reasons. Uh, you know, if we got somehow if we got busted for some kind of BDSM or swinger activity and then we had to sit down with the kids and have that conversation mm-hmm. would be a hell of a lot less humiliating than if we got pulled over for drunk driving. Right. And had to have that conversation. Oh, yeah. Especially after we've been preaching to them. <laughs> and we certainly had that poly conversation with the kids quite mm-hmm accidentally we thought we were busted we weren't dude so we added ourselves quite accidentally that's a different story separate story so you know decide for yourself um the strange mix of swinging bdsm thing might be fun for you might not be might be yeah and you'll find that most bdsm events most big big bdsm events don't have alcohol but there are a couple because of the hotels they're in yeah. It's like written in their contract. And usually what we do at that point is we offer 12-step meetings. <laughs> <laughs> now, so. not just uh, when we talk about sex, some people may get the idea that we're not big into sex. <laughs> they would be incorrect, of course. <laughs> you, as a matter of fact, are teaching a sacred sexuality workshop not too long from now. I am. So um, PRS, Purple Rose Society up in Akron. 
they've been asking me to come up for a while because I offer these workshops down here in Columbus. Mm -hmm. But it's hard for me to get up there for a two-hour workshop, you know, like once a month or something. I, I used to do that for SMART, but, you know, it's, it's a long drive. So what we did was I talked to the people of PRS, and we decided to make a whole afternoon of it. So from 1 to 5 on November 13th up at the dungeon, we are going to do a Kundalini workshop. So, but um, it's a little different than most of our workshops and presentations. This one, we are actually going to um, do guided meditations and really talk about working energy and in your body. And it's going to be hands-on. So it's not like I'm going to have my hands on other people's bodies, but you know, everybody will get to learn how to work their own energy uh-huh. so that they can get used to what that feels like. It's so be a lot of fun. It, it sounds like it will be, and it has been a lot of fun in the mm-hmm. past. We've done these, we've done these uh, workshops where everybody will self pleasure. Mm-hmm. That could happen too with this one. There is a guided meditation like that. <laughs> and, and the one that we did, it wasn't necessarily that everybody was sitting around. Nobody was sitting around watching each other, Mm-mm. but Mm-mm. they were, we were all in a circle with, with each other. Oh, that's when we did the Tantra workshop down mm-hmm. in Cincy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, if you remember correctly, we did one here. We led one here in Columbus. We did. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's pretty bad when you get the, you've done so many presentations and workshops that you can't remember one that you hosted where in everybody was masturbating. Yeah. Self-pleasuring. I Self-pleasuring. So in our house, in our living room with the, oh, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you one of the many um, least uh, favorite questions as a sacred sexuality practitioner to be asked. Uh-oh, I can think of a couple. What is sacred sexuality? Ooh. Um, okay, P- pulling up the workshop notes in my head, because that's, that's actually a hard one to answer. And if you read a lot of different books, you'll get a lot of different answers as people try to explain something that's esoteric. Mm-hmm. Um, one way to explain sacred, sacred sexuality is each person is a sacred being. And if you are connecting to each other in a way that's open and vulnerable and connecting to the divine within each other as you're having sex. That's one way of doing it. Um, Another version of sacred sexuality, which we've also participated in, is using sex to build energy to manifest something, whether it is um, healing for the world, healing for ourselves. It's usually a Mm -hmm. healing thing, though it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. So one is working with the divine within us, and one is working with the divine on the outside of us. Yep. And we, we've certainly done num- a number of podcasts in the past uh, about sacred sexuality mm-hmm. as well, and I'm sure we'll have other ones coming up as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but coming up next, I mean, and I'm a big fan of, I like the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I listen to it too. <laughs> so it's great to be able to go back and listen to some of these episodes, but you know, you really, you there's a, you get into this hands-on, you know, head up mm-hmm. to Akron, enjoy the Kundalini workshop and get a little bit of a hands-on. And, and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You can just sit there. You can get yeah. as involved as you want to and get involved if you don't. Right. And um, this whole workshop, actually, I know some people are going to go boo hiss, but there actually is no nudity that has to be involved. So, I mean, I know some people want it and we'll go with the flow of the people there, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Now... Do you really like the podcast? I do. I do too. And if you're out there listening to the podcast and you like the podcast, um, we are not today going to ask you to strip, (laughs) run out in the street and say, I've got an erotic awakening. How about you? (laughs) 
We will instead, though, we will ask if you have a moment, head over to iTunes and put in a review of the podcast. And I am going to, once in a while, I'm going to just keep reminding people that those iTunes reviews are what, uh, one of the ways that we get other people to know about the podcast. And I tell right. you, it's, it's, I guess one of my goals for the podcast mm-hmm. is that we have this slow level of continued growth. Mm. And it's not so much for, it's not because we make money off of it, because it actually, caught, the more people <laughs> that listen, the more it costs us, actually. Right. Um, I just think it's important to get the word out there. I think that it's a quality podcast. I think mm-hmm. it's important stuff that we're doing. And I, and I would like our listeners' help in... Getting it out to other people that may not know about it. I yeah. mean, this is, our, this is one of our contributions to the community. So we're not worried about making money off of it. We just want to get it out to as many people as yep. possible that it could benefit. So head on over to iTunes and give us a great review. Yay! And if you have a really rotten review, then head over to... Blah, 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 blah. And, <laughs> and do that. Um, so that's that. And you know what? So one other thing I want to mention real quick mm-hmm. is, um, as it happens, one of the, the original kinky groups, or, or I should actually say power exchange groups here in central Ohio, mm-hmm. Cord, central Ohio, Real DS, they decided to close their doors. Yeah, that decision was just made yesterday, from what I believe. Yeah, and uh, that's, a, that's a harsh one. That's uh, 11 that's 11 years. 11 years that group was around. You and I were there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and, and a couple other friends, we sat around one day and we said, man, I'd really like to talk more about power exchange stuff. You know, and the all we have stuff is, is great, yeah. but... And we sat down and we said, well, let's just create a little, you know, peer-led group. Mm-hmm. And 11 years later, they were still had it going. We did our bit for a while and... Um, other people stepped in and did their bit for a while and yep. let it. And, um, you know, it was a very powerful group. It, it helped a lot of people as they, they learned, you know, how to live MS yep. and what it all meant. And it was certainly huge for us and certainly mm-hmm. part of that. You know, for us, it accumulated so far in uh, the Great Lakes Master Slave title that we picked up not long ago. Yes. But more importantly, in the 11 years we've been together, mm-hmm. working out this whole Master Slave bit. Chords was really a, one of the foundational things that we did with that. Foundation, that was the word I was going to use. Yeah. So hats off to Chords, hats off to everybody, to you and mm-hmm. I for getting it, helping to get it started, and the many people that carried the banner and the torch and uh, kept it going for, you know, 11 years. And it, it's run its course, apparently. We've certainly not been able to contribute lately ourselves with no. our schedule. And, um, well, just, you know... Uh, Something else will come along, but it was a neat thing. It was a neat thing. And, you know, it's actually going to put me on my soapbox for a little bit, though. So because what I want to mention is is that there are groups out there and there are groups that are doing great things. But you know what? They can't do it without volunteers. Yep. So, you know, that that's uh, we were actually asked that at GLLA. You know, how do you get the groups to keep going? And one of our answers was volunteering. You, you need to volunteer. The leaders of these groups can't do it on their own for, for too long. And everybody needs to pitch in a little bit. These yeah, groups absolutely. are there for you. Yep. Um, so that's that. That's that. So, hey, here's something. <laughs> yes. The first time ever announced. Okay. This podcast for this year. Yay. Early warning alert. Uh-oh. <laughs> Way so you've, we have we t- mentioned a couple of events that are coming up next weekend and the weekend after that mm-hmm. and maybe you like not listen to the podcast when we first put it out maybe you wait a couple months 
Then oh. you'll be all right with this one. Okay. this next event's coming out in July. July. July 13th through 17th is Camp Out. A I trans am positive, packing the camper already. <laughs> a trans-positive, sex-positive, kink-positive event that spans five days in the mountains of West Virginia. Ooh, that's going to be so much fun. Yep. Looks like they've already got 40 activities and workshops and uh, a 24-7 Dungeon, open 24 hours long. That's awesome. A swimming pool. Nature trails, if you decide to get out in nature. All kinds of neat stuff. And it includes um, all kinds of neat support stuff that they're doing, too. Like, if you can't quite... Like, say you can make it to the general area via right. a bus. Or train. Or, or whatever. Yeah. But you can't mm-hmm. quite... You know, that's as far as... They'll come out. They'll pick up a shuttle, send you out, bring you over. Nice, nice. And we'll be there. And we so will be there. we're presenting something. I, uh, yeah, I, I clearly recall it was in uh, at a Chicago event. We happened to run into the people that were uh-huh. the, uh, putting together the presenters for this. And they're like, wow, we'd love for you guys to come up, but you're always so busy. And we're like, well, you just got to ask, you know, and, you know, just Before focus ahead. Before the other ahead. people do. Yeah. And uh, it's because, okay, we're officially asking. I was like, that's 10 months from now. Yeah. It made me feel really good. <laughs> Um, so now it's not 10 months anymore. It's getting a little, but July's still out there. Mm-hmm. So we got that, that you can find out more about that at transcampout.org. And, um, you know, one of the things that makes this event different from other events mm-hmm. is that they are being very clear. A lot of events will say, yes, we are a pansexual event. Right. And then they, right. they are open to mm-hmm. trans people, but it's not really geared towards geared, them. Not necessarily or, geared yeah. toward them or even, um, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we let those people in. And we let in the bi guys, and we let in these guys. Like, sure, mm-hmm. anybody can come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this group is very straightforward. We are very trans-positive, sex-positive, mm-hmm. kink-positive. Nice. So, um, and so that'll be a lot of fun. And it's certainly it's not a trans-only event. You know, it's just one of the people, one of the uh, groups of people that they're open to. I, right. To my knowledge, you're not a trans no. person. No, nope. Checking. Nope. If you are, you're a pretty bad one. <laughs> So uh, the only other event that we're going to mention this time around is the event whose name I cannot say. Uh oh. Okay. It's not because it's a secret. It's because the words are too big. Oh, that one. Yes, this oh. is the four C party. This is uh, on December fourth. Um, I'm not really sure why it's called the four. Well, actually, I do know why it's called the four C party. We'll get to that in a moment. But it is Adventures in Sexuality and the Purple Rose Society of Central Ohio. Oh. And the Kinky. Ohio Girls Club and the Prestige Group and Fight Club. All these local groups getting together and semi-local groups getting together to put together a party. Uh-huh. And it's going to be great. So, But um, I just figured out what that one word is that I can't pronounce. <laughs> Maybe then we'll know what the name of the group is. Well, So this is on December 4th. Mm-hmm. It is the 4C party. And that four, those four C's, oh, Miss, I figured it out, stand for? Well, I still don't know how to pronounce it, but I figure out what they were doing. It's the convoluted cooperative, and then they've combined Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule, and Hanukkah together. So it's oh. Kwanzaa, Yulika. Oh. <laughs> and we'll just call it the 4C party. Exactly. So that is on December 4th. You can find out more information about that over well just head on over to adventuresinsexuality.org yes for details i'm sure they'll link it from there so now another event that's coming up early next year winter wickedness and and you know how we wait a minute that's way far away 
It is way far away. It's like February July. something. Um, you know what? We were just uh, chit-chatting with uh, Barak and Sheba yesterday, uh-huh. and they were saying something about tickets maybe going on sale sometime in the near future. Yes. You know how we say don't wait when Coke tickets go on sale? And I think the reason for that <laughs> is because I always um, hear the stories about how when tickets are sold out, how this guy's trying to get tickets and this guy's... And you see it on the message boards. Everybody got tickets, I will buy tickets. And you, you can't do that. You can't transfer tickets. Right, right. Once they're gone, they're gone. And they will fly out. It will sell out. It does every year. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. It does every year. And, um, you know, and you know, with these events, I think one of the, the draws for these events is that there's something different each time. Yes. And with Winter Wickedness, we know of two different things going on. But mum's the word. Yes, we have been sworn to secrecy so far. But I tell you, they, they are all about pushing the envelope. Yes. And, um, Though one of those secrets involves the podcast. I can say that much. Nope, nope. You I can't say, say that. that much? Nope. Damn. Okay, I didn't say anything. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I ain't planning on editing, though. So, so cool. listeners, you now have a secret. Uh-oh. Just don't tell anybody. <laughs> Earlier oh, in the podcast. Oh, listeners. Yes. No. Earlier in the podcast, I'm begging you to tell other people about the podcast, but now I'm telling you, don't tell anybody about this part of the podcast. Just tell them about the rest of it. We better get to the question of the day. Now, okay. do you want to do the question of the day that we know the answer or the question of the day we don't know the answer first? Um, I guess the one that we know the answer to okay. first. Well, you don't even know what the question is yet. I know, but you say I know the answer, so I trust you. Well, let's try it. What is the difference between... Ready? Maybe... A poly family and a leather family. Ooh. How did you know I was going to do that? So, because that's a good question. Um, Well, for us, our leather family is not our poly family. True. Very true. And our poly family is not our leather family. It's two different things for us. Also true. Did you? I think you just repeated yourself. No, our leather's not our poly and our poly's not our leather. Yes. Correct. So coming at it from two different angles. Our leather family, our, our leather house is, um, well, there's Slave Jim, who does belong to you, us. Now, that Slave Jim is kind of our, that's going to be a tricky one for us because, I, go on, speak. Yeah, but let, let's, let's put her leather house. Okay. Right? Okay. So um, she is part of the house as slave. Yep. And then we have people that you're mentoring. Mm-hmm. We have other people that um, agree with what we see MS to be. Yep. And that's our house. We don't live together. We don't have power exchanges with each other except for Jim. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything like that going on. But there is a hierarchy. Yes. And we are a family. And there's no romantic connection. No. And then, then here's where I was going to explore a little deep more with Jim. It's not a romantic relationship, Mm-mm. but there is an emotional bond. Right. There's a fondness there. Yes, I mean thank it, you. it um and and I think that is normal with the type of MS that we do. And there's an emotional bond with everyone in our in our little yes. family or uh, which we'll call uh, those people of house meta, right? Mm-hmm. Our our tribe. Our tribe. Um well there to me I would think there has to be and I know some people argue that maybe I don't know what other people's feelings are on it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I can't imagine not having some sort of bond with these people. Do we have sex with anyone in our leather family? No. I'm thinking I'm going through the yeah, Rolodex. <laughs> Sorry. Did, did you see my little, hmm? 
hmm, have we? No. If, if and you were actually... a cartoon <laughs> character, you'd have commercial or uh, question marks <laughs> popping out of your head. Out but of no. my head. But no, we don't. No, we haven't. Now, um, uh, somebody else was responding to this question. They said that's the difference. The poly family is mm-hmm. about sex. Mm. No, see, I don't know. I don't think a poly family has to be about sex. No, I don't. I don't think a poly family has to be about sex. Now, one of my one of those poly podcasts that we listen to mm-hmm. is uh, they kind of tongue in cheek say it's not all about sex. Right. I personally don't think it's any. It's necessarily for. Boy, I tell you, for us versus other people, sex is optional. Right. Sex is a big part of it for some people. Mm-hmm. For us. For us, it does involve sex. It does involve sex. But I don't think it has to. But that's not the difference between right. what is a leather family and a poly family. Power poly family is more built on love mm-hmm. and, um, and that level of emotional connection versus um, the emotional connection of the leather family. It's more of a romantic relationship. Yes. Now that I can agree with. So Now, we talk about the poly family... And it's kind of tricky for us to, to determine exactly. Now, we're in a strange situation where we're just mm-hmm. trying to, we're not, you know, our poly family, because we're in a multiple V relationship. Right. Which, if you're not big into poly, the terminology gets a little tricky. But um, but I don't sleep with Marty, right. your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We share space together sometimes. And, you know, we're looking forward to spending some time together. Watching, watching Monday Night Football coming up. Um <laughs> And you and Karen's and I spend some time together. Right. Even in the, the same hotel room. Sure. But. <laughs> Scarlet Sanctuary, that kind of stuff. Right. But there's not a romantic interest Mm-mm. between you. Now, uh, but on the same hand, there is this level of poly family, right? Yeah. yeah. And even when it's a matter of meaning that um, you step aside when you and I have something to do so I can go do something with Karen because there's mm-hmm. a need for that. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, right on. Um, so there is this difference in mm-hmm. a poly family and a leather family. I mean, I think it's very clear what the difference is. You know, I think we're getting a little sidetracked describing exactly what our poly situation is. But uh, leather family and poly family, huge different things. Poly is about love. It's about romantic love. Leather is about commonality and mm-hmm. shared of values, values, and yeah. ethics. And a brotherly love may develop. Mm-hmm. Certainly, a "I got your back" attitude does mm-hmm. develop. Supporting each other, supporting each, each other, other up. <sighs> See, and that's kind of a a different kind of love. It's kind of an unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's an unconditional support. Right. You know, at least that's what a best case leather family is. So, agreed. And though I can guarantee you there are some houses out there that are also poly. But if yes. you're looking at if you're looking at it from two different definitions, that's what I would stick with from our experience. But I'm sure that there are people that combine them too. Uh-huh. So, now now see I had this little funny image go through my head though. Okay. The difference between a poly family and a leather family. Uh-huh. I can see you grabbing Karen's butt. I can't see you grabbing anybody else's butt in our leather house. <laughs> you mean Master Rick? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I can't see that either. Um, no, 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 because no, no, that would just be inappropriate. I, right. I totally agree with you. Right. Um, for that matter, I haven't played with anyone in our leather family with the exception of my slave, Jim. Right. Interesting. Right. 
So, yeah, even the one, um, there's one in there that I've known for 11 years. We've never played together. Now, here's a really interesting question then is, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about the unconditional support in the Leather family. I think that extends in the Holly family for us as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It might take a different form on occasion. Right. Right. Uh, a great example of that, I remember uh, Karen had a bad day. And as a poly family, we got a hotel. We set it up all pretty. You blessed it oh, with yeah. your, your woo-woo I, stuff. You called me and said, uh-oh, this is going on. Right. And, and And we agreed, whoa, we, you know, we need to do something special here. And exactly. And it was really neat. Jealousy, and but it's my turn. And all mm-hmm. that stuff just got set aside. And we said, ah, let's come to support of our poly family member mm-hmm. and um, and the support that you gave not only was to get us set up in that room but also to leave yeah you know because we needed that time you know we felt that Karen needed a little one-on-one time mm-hmm. so you got us set up and you left mm-hmm. you know so we I think that you know it's not to say that we don't support each other that way as well now if um Karen's boyfriend, and I'm, I, I know his name, I, can't, I don't think I'm allowed to say it, so we'll call it, we'll say C. Okay. You know, if he needed additional, well, well this is a great example of that. You mm-hmm. know, just Karen and I had a date just last Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's private time, alone time, but C had a little bit of something going on, and I fully expected and had no problem with Karen giving him a call and said, hey, do you need to talk? And, mm-hmm. and of course, C said, oh, well, you're on a date right now. He says, yeah, it's fine, though. If you, right. But if you need to talk, Dan's cool with that. I'm cool with that. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. So very supportive all the way around. Yeah. You know, and Marty needed to chat one night. And so I left from our time here and, you know, went over there to support him a little bit. I, I think you've got a date with him in about seven minutes. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. Um, I better look at my phone and see if he's called. Not yet. Okay. So. <laughs> so that's that question. Fortunately, the other question of the day will get through much faster because we don't know the answer. Right. The other question of the day is, do bigger bottoms like thicker ropes? So I, I put a call out for a question of the day just because um, I think I forget to remind people uh-huh. before the podcast <laughs> when we could use the question, you know, about a question of the day. And that's what came back to us. Do bigger bottoms like thicker rope? And, and the person who was asking this said in some rope circles, tops automatically assume that if a bottom is of large size, a mm-hmm. BBW, that means that the rope should automatically be thicker as well. Right. And I don't, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know either, but I don't think it was thicker rope that you used the other night to tie me to the bed. That's because I'm <laughs> a rope noob. I have a variety of thicknesses of rope, but I never. Th- I think, oh, look, this one's pretty. Yeah, but you know what? It worked very well, and I couldn't tell the difference between thin or thick at that point. So, you know, maybe there's a difference with um, bondage versus suspension. Oh, you would think so. So but that would I, be a, a good, yeah. Instead of us guessing, why don't you, oh, callers, who are smart on such things... Yes, call us with your rope answers because we don't know. <laughs> so if you know the answer to the question, and again, you can find this on the Erotic Awakening Forum over there on FetLife if mm-hmm. you want to see what it looks like to read the question yourself. If you were to call in to our voicemail at 206-309-0054 with your opinion, maybe you're a bottom who does like thicker rope and you have a reason for that. Maybe you're a top that likes to use thicker rope and there's logic behind that. Call in and we'll play it and you'll be on the podcast. Or you can get us by email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. And, and if you have pictures of the two different <laughs> versions, I, I would love to see. 
You can use the Got Comment form on the webpage as another way to get a hold of us. Uh-huh. Or Facebook, Erotic Awakening. Or Fit Life, as we mentioned. We have a group there called Erotic Awakening. Or we can be found on Twitter under Dan and Dawn. Voila. Voila. So that's today's podcast. We're going to wrap it up with a conversation with uh, sitting in a little tea house down here in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. with four or five people that identify as queer. And not the ones that you met outside of the coffee house no. that we just ran into thinking it was the group that... Yes, <laughs> that we introduced we ourselves for. and uh, we gave them porn too. Well... I don't know why we had so much porn with us that I day. don't know, but we I did have a lot. Oh, okay. Well, but but we, we ran across this group. It was legitimate. We were studying for our hanky codes oh, for, the, yeah. for the um, Master Slave contest. And somebody was flagging... Two hankies. That one hanky, I pr- probably wouldn't have gone up and asked him, just in case he wasn't flagging. <laughs> but he had two. Yes. <laughs> and I was wrong about one of them, so I had studying to do. <laughs> uh, and he was quite excited to explain to us that one of them was anal. Yes, Just-y. yes. So? So right or left worn? Um, well, if you like having it done to you, it's on the right. But well, how was he flagged? On the right. Okay. <laughs> um... All right, so let's talk to them, guys. Okay. Today we are sitting here in downtown Columbus, Ohio, in a swank little coffee shop. Pretty little coffee shop. In our own little private room. And yes. today I'm going to get down to the bottom of this whole queer thing. I'm finally going to understand it. I hope so. We've asked a couple of people, and, and we're not getting a straight answer. We've got... <laughs> <That's very funny>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had... Uh, a couple different people talked to us, trying to help us to understand the term queer mm-hmm. and things about it. And fortunately, one of our listeners reached out and said, I have a whole group of people that might, maybe it takes a whole group. It's a, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a group to um, educate a day on the So on here a, we go. On a single word. On a single word. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we've got a group of you here today. I'm going to start off. I'm going to ask you to interview yourself. And I'll start off on my left. And you just interview, or interview yourself for me and make my life easy. It's sad, though. <laughs> Introduce yourself for me a little bit about you, and we'll go from there. All right, my name's Sean. I'm 23 years old, happen to be blind. I'm not actually really part of the alternative lifestyle, but I, I'm queer and just decided to come along and help out with this uh, interview today. So that's, that's kind of where I am. Great. Thank awesome. you, Sean. Awesome. Uh, I'm Erica, and... Dan put on the Yahoo group that he was looking for someone queer to interview. I, I thought of my group because we call ourselves the Queer Click. And I happen to also be in the BDSM that community stuff. I've been in that since about November, November of last year, obviously. And that's me. Awesome. Um, I'm Vid. That's short for David, not video. <laughs> yeah, and um, I uh, often go by Vid the Kid online because sometimes I just seem to be in denial about how old I am. <laughs> um, Oh, a little point of geography. This is not downtown Columbus. This is the short north, which, by the way, has a much better Wikipedia article than the one on downtown. <laughs> um, 
and he actually cares about that. <laughs> so, um, I don't think we're doing geeky shows today, but we might get a little geek out of it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I used to date Erica years and years ago, and I am currently dating Ed, which you're going to hear from next. Hi, I'm Ed. I'm a 28-year-old, uh, originally from Michigan. I moved down here in 2005 after I met Bid online, and I've been living here ever since. Okay. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate you all coming in here. Appreciate you giving us a little bit of time, a little bit of background of who you are. Let's start off with this the big question of the day, right? What is queer? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a sexual orientation? Is it something you do on weekends? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I... I don't define myself primarily as queer. That's one of the many things that I consider myself. Um, I don't know. It's just like one. Of, like I'm trans and bi. Sean is gay. I don't. If you guys don't mind me outing you. They're. I think well, they're, they're mostly. Out at some point anyway. Yeah. In the course of the podcast. Yeah, that's so. true. They're. I think mostly gay, possibly bi. Which are you uh, well, Finn and I are both bi, although I have had people who say that I strike them more as gay. Oh, interesting. And then one of our other Ed, friends who... Ed's more in the middle than I am. Uh, and then one of our other friends who couldn't be here today, she is a, a bi, lesbian, I don't know what. Sometimes she's one, sometimes she's the other. It changes. But, yeah. but for that reason, we just, I don't know, we were being goofy and we decided to call our group of friends the queer click. But, um... Because one is twins mistaken. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because uh, we noticed we had one of each letter, G, L, B, T, etc. And do you guys, what do you guys consider queer? Well, for me, it's like um, kind of a default if you reject all the other labels. Like uh, sometimes my philosophy about outing myself is, well, I'll just, I'll just present, I'll just pretend that nobody assumes I'm straight, nobody assumes I'm gay. I'll just, you know, say whatever fits the moment. And if people want to assume one way or the other, that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, and if they're surprised, I'll, I'll just say, well, what? You're the one who assumed I was straight. Yeah, I never really dwell on things like that. You know, I don't really think about that stuff too much. I just see it as, you know, if you are what you are. There's, there's one person on FetLife, I honestly can't remember who this was, so I'm not outing them or anything. They were trans, but they didn't, their profile page itself did not advertise that. They do, however, post in trans groups. But the person on the profile page said, I'm straight but queer, you figure it out. That's all they said on their profile page. That, and that doesn't really make any well, No, it makes sense not. to me. Because well, all right, well, let's, let's look at that one. Does it make sense? Well, Can a hetero well, man if, if be queer? I mean, that would... Because he was because tra- he was trans. Oh, oh you can have a straight trans person. Yeah, yeah, that's right. FTM. Okay, well, I, I missed the point where girls. you mentioned that little fact. Yeah. So, and like, born physically female likes girls, but because it's actually a straight guy, that's mm-hmm. so. Uh, do you understand queer now, though? No, I don't understand at all. Still, <laughs> can a hetero male be queer? Can Dan be queer? 
Can I be sexual? I can. I'm bi. Means? No. What is it? Sexual means someone who's male in their head and was born male. That's what the doctor said. That is a cissexual. The, the, the male that I was talking about okay. happened to be female to male transgender. <laughs> so he would be a hetero male and he considers himself <laughs> queer. But because he's transgender. So I, I think what queer is is just anything outside the normal gender and sexuality norm. Yeah, it's an umbrella. Like, you could have a straight guy who's, who likes to dress up like a woman on weekends and, and you could call that queer. Yeah. Even okay. though he's completely straight. Like uh, like Drew's brother on uh, the Drew Carey show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't gay or bi or anything. He just liked to wear women's clothing. Yeah. Uh, but for a while I thought he was an actual trans because <laughs> it, it seemed like he wanted to transition to living as a girl full-time because he wanted to work as a girl. He wanted to wear the girl yeah. clothes on. So, so would I have a better chance of fitting in as queer because I'm bi? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. so I would think so. I can join the club. <laughs> can, Dan, can Dan join the club? Now, wait a minute. It's a little weirder than we think. Listen, I know Dan, this. Dan's uh, weird. I'm not saying not, that. Tell me about the, word, the, the term gender queer. Gender queer. Is that different from... The term queer? I, th I think gender queer is someone who just doesn't consider themselves of the normal gender norm. Like someone who, a gender queer person could be a crossdresser, could be trans, could be what other what other possibilities are there? Transvestite. Um, what do you call them? Female impersonators, drag queens, etc. So I think all of those people could consider themselves genderqueer if they wanted. Um, I think another another uh, use for that term could be somebody who uh, is doesn't really closely uh, associate with either gender identity yeah, and yeah. possibly okay. as a result simply rejects the whole concept that there are simply two genders. And yeah. I, I think that's the uh, basis for that. Um, Gender fuck festival over in Dayton that I've heard about. I've never heard of that. Different so, cultures have different ideas of gender too. There are some cultures that say that there are a whole bunch of them. I can't think of what they are at the moment, but I remember hearing that in my cultural diversity class and just being like, whoa. I have to know. Cool. In Thailand, they consider there to be a third gender, which, and they're the best sex reassignment surgery surgeons are in Thailand. And it's because there's because over there it's not taboo, it's not bizarre, it's not you no know, one's too too ashamed to admit that they are that they have these feelings because they have the third gender and it's kind of normal for them. And for this reason, since it's okay to be out at that, there are more people who do the surgery since obviously there are more people who admit it. Because you know, in America, I'm sure there are people who just hide it, closet it themselves the entire lives. But since it's okay there, there's more people who do the surgery. But um, the third gender is just someone who basically believes themselves to be trans. And if I ever get that surgery, I'll probably be going to Thailand because they have the the best surgeons, and it's even a lot cheaper, oddly enough, to go to another country and have that surgery. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I don't I don't find it odd. Yeah. Okay. That's just me. Is it ever an insult, the term queer? I, you know, I actually used to consider it an insult because the word queer means odd, I believe. And way back when, like seven or eight years ago, right as me and Vid were starting to date each other, I found queer to be offensive back then. 
But then since he considers himself to be queer, I remember putting on my website, which no longer exists because GeoCities went down, but I remember specifically putting on my website, well, my boyfriend considers himself to be queer, so I guess that's okay for me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm just uh, anyway, regardless of who I speak with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. You are off. <laughs> The other thing is, I think it's how the word queer is used. I think if it's used by people to, you know, oh, he's a queer, he's, you know, a fag, all that. I think it depends on how the word is used. If it's used with the intent to insult somebody, then absolutely it is. It's all about how it's how about it's meant and how it's used and semantics and that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, now, Ed, let me ask you a question. You, I think in, in your introduction, you mentioned being gay, right? Uh, I said I was bi, but I've had a few people who confused me as gay. I'm probably, probably because of my voice. I don't know. I'm probably the gayest one here, actually. <laughs> if you want to really... Definitely. I hate my voice. I mean, yeah. I really... Does anyone really like their own voice, though? That's a whole other podcast. I mean the way that, considering I'm a guy, but my voice doesn't sound very masculine, it kind of bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, you... So you identify as bi. Yeah. Why not just be bi? Why do you have to use this queer term as well? Why do you have to throw that in there and confuse poor people like me? <laughs> just being me. I'm about as odd as fit over here. In a different way. Yeah. Well, yeah. So is that pretty much how it's being used then? It's just that you're odd. You don't fit into yeah. the labels that most people like well, to box people into. I try to reject all the labels anyway. If mm-hmm. someone wants to say I'm queer, okay, sure, I'm queer. If someone wants to say I'm bi, that's fine. If someone wants to say I'm gay, well, for the last five years, <laughs> more than that, actually, mm-hmm. my, my experience primarily is gay. And, uh, sometimes people ask me, well, are you gay or are you bi? And what I do is I tell them what my various experience has been, and then they decide whether they're <laughs> gay or bi. Right. Maybe, maybe... I don't think any of us primarily identify as queer. We call it we, you know, it's the queer clique just because as a whole. So maybe was this wasn't the best group to I, to interview since we don't. Well, a more specific term wouldn't necessarily apply to the whole group. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think that's what makes this a great group to interview right. because it reflects the, the the various uses of the term, and I think that's why Don and I have had such a difficulty pinning it down. I think it's a very uh, as Sarah Sloan said in an interview not too long ago, it's more broad than the, you know, we want to pigeonhole gay to mean boy sleeps with boy. Mm. Say, well, no, there's all, that means a lot more than just that. Don't forget, you know, girls. Don't forget the lifestyle versus the sexuality aspect. And I think maybe that's why we're having such difficulty with the term queer, is there's more to it than just a gender identification or a mating identification. Mm. It is an umbrella, like we said, and I've, I've seen that referenced quite a number of places that you know, people are thinking of queer as an umbrella for, you know, as a catch-all for gay, bi, straight, lesbian. I mean, they've added so many letters. They, yeah, they keep yeah, adding. Yeah, LGBTQI, right. uh, intersex, and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and wow. Allies. Yeah, allies. 
and yeah. it's it's like it's it's become an alphabet soup, really. <laughs> so, so they can include. Well, that way they can include everybody. So, yeah. Let's yeah. Say if yeah. I, so if I go to an event and I ask someone, not that I would, you know, how they identify, and they said queer, I could probably go, okay, so there's probably a hodgepodge in there somewhere, and that's why they don't want to label yeah. it as yeah. I'm a bi boy or I'm a whatever, whatever. So maybe they're using it. Or maybe they're still conflicted. Maybe they're still conflicted about what exactly they are, and they just know. Well, at least you know, queer. Queer is a good word for them at that moment. While they're doing self-discovery, or Mm -hmm. just not wanting to label. Yeah, and then there are people liking that. Yeah. Yeah, and then there are people who think it's all the same thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like when I told my mother I was bisexual, she just got this whole uh, "my son is gay" attitude about it, and starts, you know bugging me about hooking up with girls and giving her grandchildren <laughs> and just... Well, that could be labeled as queer. Well, no? I think right now she's kind of in a state of denial about it where she just kind of wants to forget right. that I ever said anything. That's, uh, it's, it's confusing. It's screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with that being confusing because I'm less confused. I'm moving in the right direction if that helps. Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, this is kind of clicking for me. Well, all right. Well, let me ask you guys uh, one more question, if you don't mind. Where do you guys recommend, if we have listeners out there and they're saying, oh, I finally found that term that identifies me. I finally found this homecoming. Is there a queer resources? Is there queer specific places you can go that say, oh, I'm like these people too? Either, either here in central Ohio or on the interweb mm-hmm. and such. Well, practically across the street is Stonewall, so that would be, they've got groups for just about every GLBTQI whatever you could think of. <laughs> I've gone to the bisexual support group there, which is, it seems a little more like social than it is support, which is fun, I think. And there's also the trans support group, and I know that they have other groups too. You know, actually, and then one other thing I guess I do want to mention, I seem to recall here in, in Central Ohio, there's the big kink event is uh, the two once a year that Adventures in Sexuality puts on Winter Wickedness and Cope. I seem to recall something about a queer identification. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, the, um, there was at least a rainbow event, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For for you know the red and the blue, the red, the blue, the green bands, they introduced the rainbow bands at Winter Wickedness, the previous one. And at Winter Wickedness, they had a queer meet and greet, or maybe they called it a GLBT meet and greet. I'm not sure, but that was just for you know any one of those alternative whatevers to gather and yeah. chat for a little while. See, Dark Odyssey does that too. They have the queer meet and greet. Okay, so it's so. not it's not this deep dark term. It's just it started to be a little more accepted, a little more I think a little more accepted as a lifestyle choice. Okay. Great, guys. I very much appreciate y'all being with us today and helping us understand. I feel a lot better about it now. I uh, appreciate your time. appreciate you coming in and chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean, if you're the gayest guy in the room, and I'm the most hetero guy in the room, between the two of us, I think we can make me queer. <laughs> well, that's an interesting... Now, wait till after the recorder before we go well, any further. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next week, Power Exchange. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leather Heart Foundation, a nonprofit organization created to provide charitable assistance to individuals of all sexual orientations in the leather, BDSM, and fetish community. 
You can donate or find out more at leatherheart.org. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. Sarah Sloan appears on Erotic Awakening courtesy of Love Your Parties. Find out more about Love Your Parties and Sarah Sloan at www.sarahsloan.net. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.